What's up, Rangers Nation, and welcome to Texas Rangers Fanatic Podcast Episode 3. It's Alex Plink from Dallas Sports Fanatic, and today I'm joined by a special guest. Here with me is Coach Matt Lynch. How's it going, Coach? What's up, Alex? How are we doing? Doing real well, doing real well, ready for the season to begin. We got 10 days coming up. Yeah, that's exciting. It's, uh, it's good to get some sports going again, and let's get back to some normalcy plethora of sports come in not only do you got baseball coming up but you've got hockey basketball WNBA uh MLS is going if I forget one I'm sorry but everything's starting up hopefully at the end of the uh month I know things can be a little you don't know what's going to happen but it's good to see a lot of things going on schedule yeah I mean it's uh it's crazy to think that like March was the last time you were able to turn on your TV and watch some, some type of sport. And so I think, uh, I think I know the nation's ready for it. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Matt Lynch was a former assistant coach for the past couple seasons with the university of North Carolina, Wilmington Seahawks men's basketball team was also the director of men's basketball operations for Youngstown state university for a couple of seasons. And you even got to uh, coach your uh, college alma mater correct? Yeah, I was, uh, spent some time at Edinburgh University, which is where I graduated from, and then also at Miami, Ohio, uh, in Oxford, Ohio. I was on the women's side there, and uh, coached there, and, and got my master's degree from Miami, so uh, that was a great, great experience as well. Miami, Ohio Redhawks, that That's I right. actually, <laughs> I actually remember there. A lot of people get that confused with the U. It ain't the U, trust me. No, it's, uh, and uh, they get very particular about that. I mean, uh, Miami University, uh, Ohio was a university when Miami, Florida was still owned by Spain. And they'll be quick to tell you that. So <laughs> you, uh, you got to know which one was the first Miami. Just like when you go to Denton, Texas for the University of North Texas, don't ever call them the UNT Eagles. They will be really mad. All right. See, I haven't spent a lot of time in Texas, so that's, this is good information <laughs> for me. And uh, there's a couple of reasons why I brought uh, Coach Lynch on here. Uh, one of the first things is that for those who don't know, back in March, um, Matt Lynch was one of the guys that came out as – a uh, gay man. He was one of the first gay NCAA coaches uh, on the men's side. And it was interesting because it came right around the pandemic. And I heard that um, in Washington, D.C., because you were there for the Colonial Athletic Conference Tournament. And yep. it was in Washington, D.C., where was that referee tested positive? Yeah. So we played, uh, our, we played in the first round of the CAA tournament. And one of the on a Saturday, one of the officials that was officiating our game tested positive for the coronavirus uh, on the following Monday, and so two days later, and so on Tuesday, we got a uh, phone call from our athletic director, and uh, we had to self quarantine in our homes for 14 days, and uh, it was real, real interesting situation. I mean, it kind of this was back when the pandemic wasn't even what it is now. And so it, at the time it even seemed like a little bit of overkill. Um, and we had, uh, you know, university officials calling us every day, getting our um, temperatures and if we had any symptoms and whatnot. And uh, luckily I, I, I'm fine and everyone within our program was fine. 
Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a crazy situation. Did you, um, did you get ordered to take a test? Did the entire team? So back at, at, during that time, they weren't, they didn't have the test even that they have now. And so it was so new and uh, you know, it was at the point where they were still saying, Hey, if you have symptoms, just stay home for 14 days and quarantine. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what we did. I think it's real interesting because on the side, just recently, um, for those that know, Joey Gallo just played his first uh, baseball game in summer camp yesterday where he was in isolation for 10 days because he needed a couple of negative tests. And there was a little bit of controversy that came with that because they, there were two types of tests. You have the nasal test and you have the saliva test, testing positive twice with the nasal uh, I'm sorry, testing negative twice with the nasal, testing saliva twice, it was positive. Don't know how the fifth test went, what method it was. But it was interesting because he got asked the question, Did, do you feel like you had the coronavirus? He was completely asymptomatic. He, before the test came out positive, he was with family. They tested, they came out negative. And he was like, I don't know. I don't know. They did an antibody test where they prick your finger. That came out, but that's not always accurate. I'm not sure if he did the actual needle in the arm antibody test, but I think it's, uh, it's amazing to look at and see somebody who, yeah, tests positive twice, have absolutely no symptoms. It's a 50-50 shot, which doesn't seem all of that reliable and makes you wonder how many tests that are taken are actually positive actually negative yeah i mean it's i just still feel like there's so many unknowns and so you know working through that it's just you you really don't know what to think what to believe um it's uh it's an interesting time and it, it almost doesn't even seem real and um as you uh released your story out and uh, it's on outsports.com after um, we get done. I'll, I'll go ahead and put it on Twitter. Um, it's a great story. And basically the whole motto, I may have said that wrong, but the whole motto it is you don't want to die with a lie. And basically it is you don't want to die knowing that you kept this secret inside, that you are a gay man. And I think that's, you know, anybody feels that same way you know you keep so much in um i know your story and my story totally different uh but i it can come combined with the same feelings i would think as far as every day you wake up and it's you have this little weight on your shoulder and yeah yeah when um when i when i was going through it it's it's been a little interesting because the title um with the article it's been kind of the meaning, the original meaning has been switched around a little bit. And so, you know, the, it was kind of taken like people took, took it as I don't want to die. And when I originally said with that is just like my plan, my entire life was to die with the lie. It was to take that part of me, you know, to the grave and just keep that part quiet. And so I think part of this was due to the coronavirus, this, it, it kind of caught a little bit of fire just with these terminologies of like, some people have asked like, did you, did you have symptoms from coronavirus? Did you think you were going to die? Like none of that is, is 
where any of this was coming from. It was coming from a point of like, it was time to, it was past due time to, to share my story and to start to try and, you know, be more, more authentic and grow from it. People twisting your words. That's new. I know. How about that? <laughs> but um, I, I think it's fantastic. It, it kind of gave me the sort of premise to think about because I think for me, it was something that I kind of wanted to do, but I've always been the type of person that, I'll be honest, cares what people think. Now, I've been working on that. And yep. I've been working on being like, especially in this industry, I mean, you're going to get critiqued for sneezing the wrong way. Or if you spell a word like uh, whatever kind of word, using a phrase that people will get upset for no reason. But yeah. it, it's interesting because a couple days leading up, and I've had some great advice from others too. You know who you are. Thank you so much. And ultimately, it, it's to the point where enough is enough. You just have to let, I guess the best way, you just have to let the bird fly, let its wings fly and see if it, if it does fly. And if it falls, it falls. If it flies, blossomly fall, flies, it, it flies. Right. I mean, this, w with all this, it's, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And, you know, you have to, you have to go through your own journey and the process in your own time. And for some people, you know, it's, it's quick, fast and in a hurry. And then other people, it, it take, took me 29 years. I mean, uh, I, I talked to one of my buddies about it and it was 10,699 days before I was able to like say it publicly. And so it's, uh, everybody has their own path and, uh, that's kind of, I'm happy to see that um, among all this turmoil that 2020 has brought, both you and myself have been able to, to, to come to the point in our lives that, that we can, can live our true selves. And so has really anything, now that it's been about four months, has there in your everyday life, has there been any major, I guess, changes? Like, um, I know probably your, your uh, main brother in know already, they do well before, but has there been really any major changes? Uh, outside of, you know, me just kind of piecing my own life back together, um, and kind of figuring out who I am as a person and what, you know, who is actually me, actually me and what are things I did as a defense mechanism. You know, I, I've kind of gone through that. Um, my Instagram followers have increased you know, and that's, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but, um, you know, that's, uh, that's been entertaining to say the least. And, um, you know, I've been able to meet, uh, yourself included a bunch of great people. And that's, that's probably been the best part is, is getting to know other people, hearing other people's stories and kind of just continuing to realize how small the world really is. I think it, it makes it even amazing with the social media aspect that we're in because, you know, even though 10 years ago, if you're looking at, well, let's, let's even go further back. Um, cause you and I are like a year apart and I find that cause you're 29, I'm 28. I actually turned 29 next month. 
Okay. Yeah, we're right there. <laughs> but, 90s uh, babies. 90s. 90s. Right. And the true 90s, not like 98, 99 right, stuff. Right, right. Uh, but I think it, nowadays with how big social media is, it can work for and against you. And I think for the both of us, it's worked for more so than it has worked against. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, I looking back at everything, you know, it's, it's easy to, to be a post-game coach and analyze the, analyze the game after the game. But I really, I really don't think I would change anything. You know, I, I would probably do it exactly the same way I did it. How about you? Same thing, same thing. I mean, everybody, I will say uh, lots in the Rangers family have been very supportive. I thank you guys for it. Um, and even people outside the Rangers organization, just friends, family, uh, even people I don't know, yep. the support that they give. And I don't know if it's just because they like the work I put in and or if maybe they're fascinated that a gay man's covering the game of baseball. Um, but Whatever, whatever it is, you know, and, and for me personally, I'm the kind of person where, you know, I, I tell everybody who I am and just a no reaction or just a treat me the same way they did before I did is good enough for me. Right. So no, I mean, it's, it's, it's great that the, the, the times are changing. And so it's, it's great to be a part of that change. It's great to uh, be an advocate for the change and, you know, and it's, it's definitely sports is different. Um, and so, uh, have you been involved without sports at all? Uh, I do talk on occasion. Um, they have their meetings, uh, on Fridays that, that I attend to. Okay. Um, and they do post those on Twitter if you haven't, if you don't follow them. And I've met some really good people, real, really cool people from vast people across, not just the United States, but throughout the entire world. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely a great outlet. Um, yeah. Such, such great people to be around. For sure. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so, so thrilled with my decision to kind of do the article through them and, and get to know, like you were saying, you know, uh, I worked mainly with uh, Jim Bozinski. He's one of their co-founders and an editor, uh, primary editor for them. And uh, they, they do great work, and especially for the LGBTQ community in sports, um, you know, they, they, help, they help give messages of hope, which, you know, I'm sure you can relate to, too, that at, at times in coming up in my life, those, those messages were the most important thing, so. Definitely, and I think, you know, just the normalcy coming in, because just like for you and me, I mean, for me, it's my whole thing is that, for instance, put out something out today and somebody reads it. I think what we're looking for is we're just looking to be treated equally as that we're not a part, you know, you want to be a part of the community, but as just individuals, um, just as just as individuals. So like for your coaching perspective, if you, you know, as a coach, a player doesn't maybe like your technique or tendency, you know, they can, they can have opinions, but they have to be backed up without any, I guess, uh, LGBTQ discrimination. There's probably a yeah. way better word to put that. Um, and then for me, like I put out an opinion and my whole thing is, this is, this is what I ride with is that I take more fascination if somebody doesn't agree with my opinion, because, you know, let's say, I think I put out something out today 
I think Ronald Guzman of the Rangers has, a, you know, he's in a particular dicey situation. They say, well, that's wrong because of the success he had a couple years ago. Um, he's out of that sophomore slump. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I, I get that. I would say, no, I don't agree with your opinion because you're gay. I'm like, okay. I'm not even yeah. going to pay. So I think hopefully we will reach that point where that doesn't, where those types of ideologies fade away. Right. Yeah. It's uh, your business is different than mine and yours is so much like as you're writing like that, that stuff is so easily critiqued where my, I, I'm kind of behind the scenes with everything I'm doing. And so, you know, the only people that I'm interacting with on a day-to-day basis are, you know, my players and they, I built that relationship with them to the point that they know me, I know them, and we kind of both know where each other stands, where, where you're, you're creating something and putting it right out into the world due to your line of work. And it's, I mean, you're, yeah, you're definitely up for critiquing immediately. You're the type of coaches that we critique. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure you've had your run-in with media too over the past. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, you know, my – I'd like to tell you I've had a ton of experience, but my career is, you know, still, I'm still climbing the ladder. So, you know, the head coach and, you know, other people are in the interviews and, you know, getting the sound bites and all that, which is fine by me. They can, they can have all of it. Um, But, you know, my, my opinion is, is kind of been asked these last few months because of the article and things of that nature. But, you know, I've, uh, I've been lucky so far and everybody's been pretty nice to me and uh, I appreciate it. Same here. Appreciate everybody who has been absolutely fantastic and supportive. And so there's another reason I brought you on Matt, because we are rare into the terms of opening day. And the one thing is you have players who are trying to make the team. And I kind of wanted to get a coach's perspective on this because you especially now with limitation fans don't get to see the coach player interactions and even beforehand, they don't really get to see that you see coaches talking to players, but you don't know how those conversations go. And, you know, coaches aren't always, I'll be, I'll be honest. They're not always uh, truthful to what is being said um, in interviews. Uh, So I kind of wanted to get your um, thoughts on a couple of things. Uh, a lot of people looked at yesterday's they I don't know if they saw the video that I put out I was lucky enough to get that um the Rangers catcher Robinson Torino suffered a ankle injury now according to Chris Woodward today it's not as at least Torino's woke up feeling a lot better than he thought he was so hopefully this is just a day-to-day thing basically the play if you haven't seen it is Scott Heinemann's busting it down the line on a forced play first baseman Todd Frazier throws it to the plate and it looks like Chiritos's foot was on there a little bit longer than he wanted to and Heinemann slid right into Chirinos rolling his ankle now the interesting thing here is that Chirinos is a veteran catcher he's on a second stint with the Rangers uh he's been in the league for about eight years Heinemann is trying to make the team and he's been in the league for a couple of months. Let me ask you this. Going to – we're going to focus a little bit on Scott Heineman because it's got to be a tough feeling for a young player to inadvertently, completely accidental, hurt your veteran catcher. So if you're a coach and you're 
seeing your young player distraught a little bit. I don't know how the feelings are. The feeling, um, Woody said earlier today that uh, Heidemann went immediately to Chiritos. Everything's all good. Uh, but what are you telling a young player like Heinemann when a play like that happens? Uh, are you giving him a sense of encouragement or what do you? Uh, there's, there's so many dynamics, I think, that go, go into play uh, that you could analyze. And so I'll just, I'll, I'll kind of attack this thing from all sides. I would I'd probably start just by, you know, saying that injuries are a part of the game, no matter what sports you're playing. You know, you need to, at any time, you need to be ready to account for injuries. And that's, uh, that's just a part of sports. Um, I would say that it's important to know, you know, for me to answer this question, it's important to know, you know, what is the quote unquote ground rules going into this thing, you know, because that, that younger player trying to make a name, trying to make, make the team, the rookie is like, you know, he's trying to showcase his skills and, and, and he's going, you know, balls to the wall where the veteran is not. And so is this a situation where, you know, there, there was there conversations beforehand of, you know, should, uh, you know, don't like we, I'll give you a, I, I'll take it back to basketball because that's what I know. If I bring in a couple practice players to, to, who are not on my roster, but they're there to practice with the team. Like the number one thing I'm saying, the very first thing I'm saying is, you know, do not injure uh, any of our players. And so if there's a breakaway layup, so to speak, or, or something along those lines, um, you know, you, you just let that player go. And so with a young player like that, um, you know, I, I did see the video clip and, and, uh, and from there, I would say that it, it obviously it doesn't look like he did anything malicious. It looks like it, it was an accident and injuries are a part of the game. And, you know, it's somewhat of a long season. You know, a sprain can heal. And uh, I would just try and get him to keep everything in, into perspective. Well, and the thing is, is that a lot of people are saying, well, why are you sliding like that? Why are you busting it down there? Um, and people are saying, well, there shouldn't be any contact. But one thing people don't realize is that these young players are trying to make a good impression on their team, on, on Woody and the coaches. And so if you, I mean, if you're watching it and he's not busting it down the line, he's jogging down the line, Heineman is, what are you going to make out of that? Oh yeah, you're you're gonna be quick to to analyze him and you know, oh he's soft, he's this, he, he's not hustling, he's not doing that. And that's why just like it's important as a spectator that to realize that you don't know everything that's going on there. And so there there this is the major leagues, like they've had a conversation of like, we're here to win, we're here to play hard, you know. If if you're stealing a base, if you're sliding, you know, you're you're that's what that's what we're doing and and we'll we'll roll the dice and we'll let you know let the chips fall as they may um and uh that i think that it's kind of each i don't know a ton about the uh texas rangers mm -hmm. and and their their uh you know their program and, and how they want to do things but uh you know i'm a i'm a guy that believes competition breeds competition and, you know, you have to 
as I'm sure they have, like you have to account for injuries. That's part of sports. Well, you just uh, paraphrased one of Chris Woodward's quotes from last year. So uh, you sure could have fooled me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably, it, it's more so universal alongside, I would think from uh, franchise to franchise, team to team. Uh, one other thing I kind of want to, because you've got veterans and rookies. Um, how do those conversations kind of go just from a player to coach perspective? Do you, do you coach them differently or is it just based on personality? Yeah, I would say that, you know, you're talking, when we're talking, you know, a professional sport versus a college sport, there's a lot of differences. Um, and so on the college level, you know, a, a player-led team is always going to be more successful than a coach-led team. And that's that, that key word, the hot word that every, every coach in the country wants to throw out there is culture. And, you know, that's, that would be a result of, of a good culture. But from that, you know, those – usually what you have is, you know, where you're saying rookies and, you know, veterans, I, I'm calling them freshmen versus seniors. And freshmen come in. And they are, they were the best player from their hometown. They're all a thousand point scorers. They all know everything, you know, they, they're good to go. And the veterans, you know, they understand what it takes to go through a college basketball season in which, you know, the, the, you know, being in shape, what, what being in shape really means eating right, getting enough sleep, you know, how to, how to prioritize your schedule to the grueling, you know, weight room workouts to conditioning to all of the practices and the games and whatnot. And so usually those veterans or seniors, they, they have the, the uh, up advantage of experience and there is no way to shortcut experience, you know, shortcut, uh, I'm sorry, experience is gained through time and, and work. And those, there's no way to, to get around those things. And so I think that it's just, uh, you know, you can definitely have special talents that come through and they break the mold. You know, if you have a, a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant as a freshman, a Zion, you know, sure. Yeah, those, those guys are going to be good to go. But, you know, that's, uh, that is not where the landscape of college basketball is. And with all of the different rules and uh, bylaws being talked about now, it's uh it could be even soon that you know those high school prospects are going right to the g league and so um you know the you you want to you want to another another little slogan for you in college basketball is you want to get old and you want to stay old and uh that's your veterans that's your seniors that's your upperclassmen and and that's ultimately over a, a season that's who you see winning there's one other thing I wanted to kind of um, go over, and that's and – and I'll use a, a basketball example too. So if you have a player who's got a good form and it looks like his technique is great and he makes – and everything looks good, but the shots aren't falling, sort of similar of in, uh, for if a player is having a good at bat, he's uh, making great contact, but it's just not finding a hole – uh, and with Chris Woodward, the more thing is 
the results, not so much on paper, but as far as the swing, how do you address that with a player? Um, do you give them a sign of encouragement or, cause they've got to be frustrated if they're doing everything right and the results aren't there. It's gotta yeah. be a frustrating feeling. Yeah. It's a, it's a case by case basis. And so, uh, you know, one of the best basketball coaches to ever live, John Wooden, he says, uh, you know, every player needs a smack on the ass. Some need it just a little bit harder. And, uh, you know, I think that's just, it's, it's, uh, it's a relationship sports, whether it's, uh, you know, tennis, golf, football, baseball, basketball, it's, it's relationships uh, at its core. And, you know, you have to have that relationship. You, you definitely can, uh, can put the time in. Everybody, what, what a lot of people don't understand in sports is, like, everybody works hard. Everybody puts the time in. Like, working hard gets you to the door, you know. It's, uh, and what, what it really comes down to, especially, you know, for, for us, is production, you know. What do you do when the lights are on? You know, the, the, the bleachers spend all day in the gym, but they don't get any better. So just because you're in there, that, that doesn't mean that, you know, that you're going you're gonna to get this or you're going to earn that or you, you deserve anything. You, you definitely get what you earn, but, but you have to produce when the lights are on. And so uh, I would just say you have, to, you have to know that player. You have to have a relationship with that player. And you have to know what buttons to push and how. And it's, uh, you know, relationships, just like experience. It's, you can only gain them through time and, and trust. And uh, there's, there's no shortcuts there either. Speaking of when the lights are on during game day environment, uh, how do you think it would field out with college basketball? They're obviously, I would highly doubt that they're even going to play at the end of this, at the end of this year, they may have to push everything back further, but for any sports, because as far as going to a sporting event or hearing it on TV with no fans, pre-recorded crowd noise how what's your take on that uh i'm not i'm not necessarily for the pre-recorded crowd noise or anything like that uh at, especially at the college level you know i think that's in uh that's an opportunity and to the outside world it'll sound really strange but college teams we're in there practicing all day long without anybody and, uh, you know, we, we, we get, uh, we call them the secret scrimmages and, you know, Jeff Goodman goes and tweets them all out or whatever, but within these, you know, you go scrimmage these teams and it, it's on your bench, it's on your team, it's on your brothers to create energy. And, uh, you know, that's, it would be a unique challenge. Um, but, but I think we would adapt and, uh, I, you know, I, I can definitely see that maybe the uh, the NBA or the NLB, MLB or the NFL, they might have the production quality and the staff and everything to pull something like a crowd noise off and, and not make it too corny or cheesy or whatever. But uh, at the college level, I say, hey, me and mine versus you and yours, and, and let's, let's see what we can do. I'll tell you, it was real weird listening to that yesterday. I was there at the park. It was very strange. So yeah. uh, we'll realistic? see. Uh, it sounded realistic. And then when you look up and all the seats are empty, 
right. and then of course during the Torino's injury, you can faintly hear the background because you've got the AC running. Thank God, uh, yeah. you can hear the uh, crowd noise slowly going down because you have cheering, and then you have Torino's getting hurt. So you're not yeah. gonna have you're gonna have to like tone that down. So right. But on to the Rangers. Uh, uh, I, I believe that's being handled by Michael Gruber and his crew along with Chuck Morgan. So, um, but they, they, they're a fantastic bunch. So I, I'm sure if anyone's going to have fun with it, it's the Ranger sound system. Uh, but I really appreciate it. Coach Matt Lynch. Um, for those of you that want to follow him on Twitter, you can follow him at um, Lynch five as well as Instagram. It's the same handle, right? Right. Lynch five underscore at the end. Underscore. Make sure you have that underscore in there. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at a plink TX on Instagram at a plink T E X. And uh, for those of you that are wondering, as far as Ranger games go, keep in mind that for Wednesday and Thursday night's game, both those nightly inter squad games will be streamed on the Rangers Facebook and Twitter page. Uh, And then, of course, exhibition games starting next Tuesday, the uh, 21st and the 22nd will be televised on Fox Sports Southwest as well as uh, 105.3 The Fan. I want to appreciate again, Mr. Matt, Coach Matt Lynch, and uh, hopefully everything is going well. Enjoy. uh, I see see some of your Instagram posts. So Wilmington, North Carolina, a lot of beaches. That's got to be fun. yeah, it is. I mean, it's, uh, I might, you know, I, I might, uh, I put one up today and I, I tagged it as the unemployment office. And, uh, you know, I might, I'm out there searching for a job still, but trust me, uh, if you haven't been to Wilmington, if any of the listeners haven't been to Wilmington, I think it's one of the nation's best kept secrets. It's an unbe- unbelievable place. And uh, I am, I'm happy to quarantine here and continue to uh look for my next opportunity and i don't i don't know where that'll be but uh i'll i'll be ready for when the call comes well and i will say this ranger fans if you are heading to wilmington north carolina and you want some baseball uh just about a little bit i believe northwest of wilmington about an hour and a half is kington north carolina where the down east wood ducks play a class a advanced affiliate of the texas rangers so yep i know right where it's at (laughs) hey you can check out some uh, wood ducks games well they're not playing this year but next year if you're uh still in the area yeah (laughs) for sure i appreciate you uh having me on here and uh, i've enjoyed getting to know you and building a friendship and uh all the best of luck to you going forward absolutely uh, coach matt lynch absolutely and thank you